You're listening to the Cubicles in Christ podcast, where together we thrive in life by using our faith to find strength, direction, and purpose. Full of wit, wisdom, and a little grit and grace, Cubicles in Christ provides the inspiration you need to be strong and spiritually authentic in all you do. And now, your host, author, speaker, certified executive coach, Kelly Johnson. Have you ever wondered what God's purpose is for your life and how to discover it? I am super excited to announce the release of my book, Emerge. This book is for you. It's inspired by my personal journey to discover my purpose. And in the book, I outline the five phases of walking in your personal path to purpose. It's unique to everyone, but I believe there are some core principles, core phases that we will each experience on the path to purpose. It's time to rise up, be fearless, and take possession of your purpose. Visit EmergeWithPurpose.com for more details and a quick shout out to all of the friends and fans of the Cubicles in Christ show who are with us in the Cubicles in Christ community on Facebook. If you're not already a member, please hop over to Facebook right now, pause this episode and subscribe. Join today, the Cubicles in Christ community on Facebook. I also want to ask you to please leave a review on the Cubicles in Christ show, whether you are my Apple Podcast listener, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify, please leave a review. I would love to hear from you. I read every single one of them, and I am so appreciative of all of the friends, fans, and loyal listeners like you. You keep me going, and I would love to hear from you. So often on this show, we talk about spiritual authenticity how to be authentic in all areas of our life, whether that's at home, in our relationships, in our finances, even in our health. But what about if you're carrying guilt and shame? How authentic can you really be? Today, we're going to talk about shame and how to overcome it. I am truly honored to have Shannon Guerin with me today. She's a wife, mom of two beautiful daughters, and a writer and speaker. She loves to encourage women to rise up through circumstances and really fulfill their calling. Shannon, welcome to the show. Hey, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thanks for being here. I know that you have a book coming out soon um, titled Grace at the Bottom. Tell us what it's about and why you wrote it. Well, so... First of all, I never thought that I would be a writer ever. If you would have told me, you know, 15 years ago that I'd be writing a book, I would laugh in your face. <laughs> um, but I do have a story about such amazing, beautiful grace. And, and so I just, you know, God told me that I would share my story. And so I just am trying to be obedient to that. Um, so I'm, I'm married. I'm a wife and a mom. I've been married to my husband, John, for over 27 years. Congratulations. um, Thank you. Yes. So um, we, you know, I'm so thankful and I'm so grateful for our journey. If, you know, when people say to me, you know, would you change anything about your journey um, in marriage? I, I always say, well, yes, I wish, I wish I hadn't made the mistakes that I made, but I'm so grateful for our journey. 
as heartbreaking as it's been because it's brought us to where we're at today. Um, and so, you know, like I said, we've been married for 27 years. Um, but there was a time in our marriage that, um, I didn't think we would make it. In fact, um, I divorce was imminent, imminent. It was the thing that, that most couples in our situation do. Um, about 12 years ago, um, we were living in Oklahoma and we moved to Texas. It was our first major move as a family. And we were under a lot of stress. My husband had gotten a promotion with his job and, um, you know, he, he was under a lot of stress and we purchased a home that needed some, we it needed some remodeling. So if you've ever remodeled a house, it can be very stressful. And so I was under a lot of stress. <laughs> Stop yeah, right there. Was, I just, <laughs> yes, girl. It was, it's so stressful to remodel a house. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That Apparently alone. you've done this. <laughs> well, <laughs> we've built two homes and so it's just, oh my <laughs> yeah, that alone will test any solid marriage. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, yeah, it, it was, you know, you think that, oh, it's going to be a slice of cake. No, it just was, it was stressful. So he had that stress from his, you know, he was in a season of proving himself at his new role in his, in his career. And, you know, our girls were six and eight at the time. And um, when you make a major move, it's just not as easy as you think it's going to be. Aside from the fact that we had remodeling and re- in construction and his stress. And so our marriage, um, we were just kind of coasting along. We yeah. were just, we were just trying to make it, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, there was a crack in the door uh, of our marriage and Satan slid right through and I made some bad choices and I um, had an affair um, on my husband and uh, the affair went on for three months and I was ready to, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you that sin, when sin over, over kind of overtakes your life, yeah. It's like you're in this fantasy land. And I always say that sin appears beautiful yes. in disguise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's where I was. You know, I had every intention on leaving my family and my precious babies. And um, cause, because I thought this other man was my soulmate. And I, I, I was listening to the, all these lies that the enemy was feeding me. Um, and so I, I was, I was, I was going to leave my family mm. and God came down. That's, that's a, whole other story, amazing grace filled story, but God came down and, and I thought my husband would kick me out and he didn't kick me out. He, he fought for me. He, he was like, Shannon, I love you. You know, he fought for me and I, you know, it took me, it took my head a while to figure out that I was like wrong at what I was doing. And Mm -hmm. I finally came to my senses and, and it took about, you know, five, four to five, years um, of working our rear ends off and fighting for our marriage yeah. but we are we were fully restored it took like I said it took four to five years but but we're restored and today I'm so thankful um, our marriage I there's no way our marriage would be where it's at today if not if not for the things that that happened in our marriage and so I as like I said before as much as I wish I would have made different choices, I'm so grateful for our journey because it brought us to where we're at today. Wow, that's so powerful. And I I so appreciate you coming on the show to, um, to share your story and share your journey. When I first learned of it, I thought, you know, as women, we can carry a lot of guilt and shame 
over little things Mm -hmm. um, and definitely over things that are, you know, very serious, very important, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, like our marriages. But um, I mean, just the other day, my daughter lost a tooth and I was exhausted. I forgot to play Tooth Fairy. (laughs) Oh, my. Yeah, I I think all of us moms have been there. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So definitely not. This is not earth shattering or important um, in the grand scheme of things. But I say that lightheartedly because there's a lot that we that we do as women, um, whether we're married or not. um, But we're often the go to people in our families or the support system for our girlfriends and our sisters and our brothers and um, whoever else, you know. And so I think that. While men absolutely carry shame and guilt, I think women perhaps carry it differently. And when I think about how debilitating it can be um, to even be able to move forward in life in a meaningful way, I just knew it was important for you to come on the show. And so I just want to, again, express my gratitude and appreciation for you sharing your story today. Well, thank you. I, you know, it's really an honor. I, I you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's harder than other times to share, but I just really feel like it's such a topic that needs to be discussed and that women just don't talk about it. And, um, and, you know, God, you know, he gets so much glory and honor when we share what, even though it's hard to share sometimes, mm-hmm. he gets the glory and honor. And so it really is my honor to share. So I'm, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to me about um, how did you overcome uh, the shame that you felt? I mean, I even think, actually, you said that it was sort of a a really like grace moment, miracle grace moment. Um, It sounds as if you weren't actually expecting your husband to fight for you. I wasn't. That's kind of what I was banking. I was banking on the fact that he would kick me out because I was too much of a coward to leave on my own. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought he'll, he'll kick me out and it'll be over. And he didn't. He, you know, Kelly, it's so crazy because I've been a Christian my almost my entire life. I, I, I mean, like I was probably saved at six or seven. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't remember when I was saved. So I've been the Christian girl my entire life. But I never, I never had experienced the grace of God in my life as I experienced when my husband, he... Now I'll, I'll say he was very upset with me and he, it took a long time. It was like a roller coaster, but at the meat of our relationship, he fought for me. And that's exactly what Christ did for us on the cross. And I, having been a Christian almost my entire life until my husband forgave me for what mm-hmm. I did to him. Mm-hmm. And it was such, that's what, it was such a beautiful it was such a beautiful moment in, in the life of our marriage. I'll never forget. I'll never forget it. Wow. So, yeah. So, yeah, I carried shame. I carried shame for so long. Um, you know, you asked me how, how I kind of got over the shame. And mm-hmm. I really feel like I'm definitely, but I've shame and walked through shame. And I, and I really feel like that, that there are two things. First, I had to, I had to figure out who I was in Christ. I had to learn my identity. I had to learn that my identity was not in being a wife. 
my identity was not in being a mom or um, whatever my career, whatever our careers are. Our identity is not in our job. It's not in being a volunteer for a community organization or church. Our identity is in Christ. And until I truly, truly believed that and lived that out in my everyday life, it's like I couldn't, I couldn't get past the shame. It's like, um, that's how I, that's how I got past the shame. The second thing is by accepting his grace for me. And for so long, I let shame define me instead of letting grace define me and Mm -hmm. Christ define me. And so I really feel like for me, it was those two things is learning, figuring out my identity and believing who I was in Christ and then accepting his grace that he had for me. Wow. Okay. That's so powerful because what comes to mind is you said having grace define you versus the shame. Mm -hmm. But I know there's times that I struggle to forgive myself, right? Like I play in my mind over and over again, the mistakes that I've made. And I'm like beating myself up. Oh, I cannot believe that you handled that situation that way. You could have done it this way. That would have been so much better. I mean, like it goes on and on to where I am just I don't even need the the enemy to beat me up. Like, like I can do a pretty good job on my own, even though I know that that's really him speaking to me in those moments. But like, what would you say to people who can't seem to move past the, the DVR version mm-hmm. of what happened, the mistake they made, they just keep replaying it. What would you say? I would say that, first of all, every single one of us makes mistakes. We all make mistakes. So I have to, we have to figure that out first. Mm-hmm. Everybody does it. Everybody has sinned and falls short of the glory of God. We all make mistakes. But they, and Satan would love nothing more than, than to keep us right there. He mm-hmm. wants to keep us right there because he hates us. He hates family. And he's going to do anything he can to bring us down. And so when we can't, see past the mistake and see past the shame of that mistake. And when we can't accept his grace, and this is kind of, um, this is kind of a hardcore statement, but it's true. Mm-hmm. When we don't accept God's grace that he has for us, it's as if all of the pain and all of the suffering that Jesus Christ did for us on the cross is for nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything he did, he, he literally he went through a horrific death for us yeah. because of that mistake. He died for, he died for those mistakes. And when we don't ask that forgiveness and accept the grace that he so freely gives us, it's like, it's like the, he did all of that for nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something that we just really have to believe and, and get ingrained in our heads that I made them this mistake. I'm sorry. I've asked forgiveness. Um, God, I accept your grace and I am moving on because mm-hmm. there's so much stuff. He's called us to do so much work and we can't do the stuff that he's called us to do if we're living in that shame and living in our mistakes. Yeah. 
that's probably a long, really long answer for you. But yeah. No, that's perfect because, so I totally like, amen, sister. (laughs) You were absolutely right. I completely agree with you. Um, And I also think that at, at the core, okay, so this might seem deep, but at the core, when we are unable or we feel unable to accept um, that grace is what really defines us, it's actually at its core, it's just unbelief. You know, the Bible Mm -hmm. says that without faith, it's impossible to um, please God. And we really are denying the the core nature character of Jesus Christ when we can't accept his grace and that he paid the price for whatever mistakes we have made. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting because I think that's how the enemy likes to twist us up. It's the same people who, Oh yeah. (laughs) The same people, myself included, um, who say, oh, yes, I believe the Bible. I believe God is good. Oh, Jesus is love. Oh, he's so just, he's so loving and kind, you know? Yes. Well, but, oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But when I make a mistake, when I really, really, really blow it, like I'm not talking about my little teeny tiny mistakes. Like, you know, I I cut somebody off in traffic. I'm not talking about those kind of mistakes. I'm talking about, some really hardcore things that we sometimes do. Um, yeah. Oh, but you know, God's grace surely can't cover that. The blood doesn't work. It doesn't cover that kind of stuff, you know, because I'm just so yeah. I'm a wretch undone. Yeah. I think that's something that we, we all feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a, it is a decision that we have to make. We have to decide that we are going to believe that the word of God is true mm-hmm. and that it's true about me and my life and my, my mess up. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, God, it's not like he says, okay, well you, that was, that was too big of a mistake for you. I don't love you anymore. It doesn't mm-hmm. work for you anymore. You know, he, he loves us and, and nothing will ever change. Like nothing can ever separate us from his love. But it, why, I don't know why we don't believe that. Like, mm-hmm. why is that hard for us to believe that, you know, because of a mistake that we made, that he doesn't love us as, so much, or maybe we've been separate, you know, that's how I felt, you know, after, um, during our restoration, I felt, and it was, it was the enemy. I mean, I, I would pick up my Bible and I couldn't even, I didn't even know what the words were. Like, it was like this Bible that I've read for so many years before this happened, it was, was like Greek to me. I didn't, it was like, I would, I'd have to close it. Cause I'm like, this doesn't apply to me. Mm. Like this, this, this doesn't, this is not for me anymore. And that's what, that's what the enemy does. He will steal our identity if we let him. Yeah. And so we just have to feed our hearts and our minds with the truth of God's word. I think that that is one of the most important things we can do with our mistakes is feed our hearts and our souls and our minds with the truth of God's word. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I'm not sure we didn't really talk about this the other day, but the actual restoration process, um, obviously it took time. It, it's not an overnight situation. Mm-hmm. Are there any lessons that you learned during that restoration 
process experience that maybe you could share that, mm-hmm. that people could maybe benefit from how do I restore restore a right relationship or restore um, when we do make a mistake or when we do hurt someone? What does biblical restoration look like in a very practical sense? Well, you know, I we, we went through counseling and I just feel like that anytime I think counseling is always healthy for a marriage, even when there's no, you know, huge issues. Mm-hmm. We we did. We went through Christian counseling. And I would say, aside from God, that was the number one, the number one thing that we did that, that helped us restore our marriage. Um, so we did that. I think it's super important to surround yourself with um, positive people that, that are rooting for your marriage. Um, you know, we had to really, you know, adultery is the, is the one thing that the, that the Lord pardons for divorce mm-hmm. and marriage. And so my husband had to, he kind of had to distance himself from some people that, that were, that they couldn't, um, they couldn't figure out why he was staying with me mm. and they they were good people, yeah. but they, they, they just, they would have supported him divorcing me. And so he kind of had to use wisdom. And, and distance himself from, from people that, that weren't for us and didn't want us to stay together. And I think that's super important. And, um, and then, you know, we, we, we pray together. We, we did devotions together. We still do that today. And, um, you know, there was a lot of trust. There was a lot of trust that had to be regained. And, and I took those steps of, of gaining his trust again. And I just think that, um, you know, it sounds so, so, so cliche, but when we, um, when we give, give our marriages and our relationships of any kind over to God mm-hmm. and, and, and just really let him be the, the, the leader and the guide, I just feel like that that's the most important thing. You know, I asked my husband, I said, cause I was, I, I have a blog, I have a website and I actually wrote a post about um, for wives that have made mistakes in marriage. Hmm. And so I asked them, I said, what, I said, what's the number one thing you can tell me to put in this post? And, and he just automatically said this. And I thought it was the, it's my favorite quote ever. He said, remember who you're fighting for, not who you're fighting with. Hmm. And hmm. I think that's such a profound and true statement. So. Yeah, that's really good. And so there's a lot there to, I think that people can take away. So I'm so glad that you shared that counseling was a part of your journey. Um, Obviously, some people can restore their marriages without counseling, but I do think it's important, um, especially in the faith community. I think sometimes we don't always talk about counseling. Yeah. And, um, you know, recognizing that there's a lot in life that we can't walk alone. And so having that support there, and I just really want to encourage people to always seek support, um, seek that, yeah. that um, you know, surround yourself with community, loving community. I, I really appreciate what you said there about really having to maybe look at your, your friend circle, your, your social network to figure out um, if we got a lot of negativity here, we may not be able to continue forward with that friendship or that relationship. That's super yeah. important. It's so, that's so important because it's hard. I mean, 
it's hard when you're trying to restore your marriage after infidelity. It is one of the most hardest things you'll ever do in life. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of marriages end in divorce because it's just hard. Yeah. But, you know, we can, God gives us strength. You know, he, that I believe that verse. I went through that verse. He gave us strength to, to weather the roller coaster of restoring of marriage restoration. Yeah. And what's interesting, I mean, I, I may be reading into it, but, you know, there seemed to be a mutual desire to fight for your marriage, though. That. Yes. And that's important. I mean, it has to be, it cannot, I have so many people that reach out to me, so many women that reach out to me and their husbands just aren't into the restoration. They're not in, they're not really doing anything. And it's, I hate, I, it's, I think that's so sad. I hate to say, I hate to say this, but, it, but unless both parties are, are willing to do what it takes to fight for their marriage, then it's, they've got a tough road ahead. And mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll, I, I, I hate to say this too, but I don't know if they'll make it because mm-hmm. it definitely takes two. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because on all sides, all parties involved, there is some level of responsibility in yeah. the whole situation. Um, obviously, everyone has a different a degree of responsibility. Um, but yeah. as you mentioned before, your marriage was, it had plateaued. It was sort of in autopilot. And, you know, when we've got lots of things going on, I mean, my husband and I have been married for 20 years and we have definitely plateaued more than once. <laughs> and um, it's, yeah, it's just, it just happens. You it know? happens. It's easy to fall in a rut it's easy to not prioritize your marriage and prioritize each other. Um, it's easy for communication to break down or even stop. Even if you're not angry at each other, you can absolutely drift apart. And so mm-hmm. I get it. And, in, and you know, the, the byproduct of that, however, is the enemy can absolutely stick his foot in that door, that little crack, and like bust his way in in a very significant way, but up until that point um, that someone decides to act outside of the marriage, up until that point, both people have a responsibility to prioritize the marriage, prioritize the communication yeah. and the relationship and the intimacy and all of that stuff that that creates a healthy marriage. Yeah. 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 I agree with that 100%. That's so good. Yeah, and I I appreciate what you shared about the restoration process because we don't often see that. So yeah, um, <laughs> we were talking earlier about how whether it doesn't really matter whether it was the husband or the wife who was the um, person who had the affair. Really doesn't matter who did it, but in most cases. We don't talk about this subject. It is so taboo in the church. I mean, yeah. like, yeah. oh my goodness. And yeah. it's, it's taboo to talk about in the workplace because who's going to talk about your marriage on that level with a coworker? Maybe one or right. two girlfriends might know, but like, how do you, how do we get beyond um, the shame how do we create places to have conversations so that people can get the support they need? Any ideas there or suggestions? You know, I just, I, I'm a huge proponent. You know, I love um, how you talk about spiritual authenticity because I am so 
ever since this has happened in my life and what I've learned from it is that often when you're authentic with each other, um, it just breeds connection. Like, I mean, you and I, Kelly, we don't know each other, but Mm -hmm. I, I feel a connection with you and I'm sure that you feel a connection with me because I, you know, I've shared part of my story with you. You know, I think that, that, that women, um, and men, they, they're alone and, and they need to know that there's people out there that, that aren't perfect. Yeah. And, and so I just think it's just talking, you know, I'm a huge proponent of sharing your stories with, with each other and, and finding that safety of, of just being able to just be real and vulnerable. It, you know, it, it changes lives when you're, when you're real and vulnerable and authentic with another person. It's, it's life changing. Yeah. And so I just think, we, I think I, I agree. I, it's not something that's talked about. Um, you know, infidelity is not talked about. Pornography is not talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many taboo subjects. But I just feel like when we can sit and talk to people over a cup of coffee and just share our hearts and our stories, it's just, I think that Jesus just smiles and he's like, wow, this is, this is, I love it. And, you know, I just think that he loves it when we do that because it changes us. Absolutely. And I think I've, I've mentioned this to a few of my girlfriends before, but the enemy loves silence. Oh, he loves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He loves it when we don't talk about what we're really dealing with. And what I say, I'm just being very real. What I tell my girlfriends is, yeah, he doesn't want you to talk about it because he wants to punk you in that corner. Mm-hmm. He wants to jack you up and keep, you know, throwing those body blows as you try to carry whatever it is you're trying to carry on your own. And that's what happens when we're silent. That's what happens when we don't have close girlfriends, close relationships of other believers who are also seeking the Lord and can give you that sound, you know, kind of godly advice, biblical advice, a biblical perspective. They don't have to know how to quote scripture like it's you know on the back of their hand but i just want to encourage people to open yourself to friendships that are based on a relationship with the lord because together you can encourage each other i mean there's times when i'm low about something i'll call one of my close girlfriends and she's like you know this is what you know the bible says you know this is what the word says and you just got to da 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 and you know <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, by the end yes. of the conversation, I'm like, you're right. And <laughs> yes, and, and it's yes. vice versa. I love those kind of people in my life. Yeah. <laughs> we need. Yeah, because you're right. You're yeah. right. Satan loves to isolate us. Loves it. Yeah. He loves. And but, but when we bring, when we, when we bring stuff that we're going through, it, it, when we talk to people about it, because we all have stuff that we're going, we all have stuff. Yeah, but when we bring that stuff out into the light, it snuffs out the darkness and it snuffs out Satan, and that's what he doesn't want. Absolutely, absolutely. There's a verse um, I've I've quoted it a couple of times on the show, and right now I can't think of it of the exact verse, but it's in Revelations, and it talks about how um, it says, "And they overcame him, him Satan. They overcame yes. him by the word of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb." Yes. You know, Revelation 12, too. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I love that verse. Me too. It's so true. Yep. 
Yeah. Our stories is our stories and our testimonies are a weapon. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, so I love that. Today, girl, you've you've slayed some dragons for some people. I'm I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! I'm doing a holy jig. <laughs> and that's why I share. That's why I share something so um, private. It's because. I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that every time I share, I, dragons are slaves. And the enemy, what I always say is I punch Satan in the throat every time I share my story. And so <laughs> I'm all about that. Yes. I love it. Love it. Such a warrior. I mean, we need more, we need more women, more people standing up, telling the truth of the word of God and telling the truth of God acting in their lives in very real ways. Um, I, I really believe that, not to sound like a Debbie Downer, but I really feel like we are approaching some really critical times mm-hmm. in, in this world. Yeah. Um, and I think that God is calling us to stand up and I think he is calling more ordinary people because I think for too long we have relied on preachers and, you know, full-time ministers to teach us. Right. Yeah. And they should, and we do need yeah. them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just see more and more people having the, the boldness and the courage to share their stories at work in their businesses, um, in PTA, wherever it might be, in the grocery store. And I believe he's, I believe God is raising up his people because we are going to Oh yeah, I believe that. Do you, do you sense that too? I do believe, oh, I do. Oh my gosh. Yes, girl. He is raising up. I, he's raising up a generation of women who, who, who will choose to fight, fight against the enemy in order to do what God's called them to do. I believe that with all of my heart. Yes. It's, it's amazing because, so I've been out of corporate America for three years now and um, have my own businesses. And while I was in corporate America, I didn't see it. Did not see it at all. And I don't know if it was just like, I know we're kind of getting off the subject, but it just seems like we need to have this conversation. Um, I don't know if it was like the veil lifted from my eyes. I'm not really sure. I think there were a lot of circumstances and factors that caused me to be able to see it. But I just see so many ordinary women and men who are rising up and are willing to rise mm-hmm. up um, mm-hmm. to share the gospel, to share the goodness of the Lord. And yeah, um, it's people like you. And And what's interesting is, they're sharing it in so many different and unique stories. Um, yeah. You're sharing it from the context of marriage, right? Um, mm-hmm. I saw a person on Instagram who is a, like a fashion and faith blogger, right? So two subjects you don't really necessarily think about together, but she is um, encouraging women. Um, yes, she talks and covers fashion, but she's reaching women in a different way, in a way that's authentic to her. She is um, a fashion blogger. So um, that's one of her passion areas, but she's reaching people and meeting them where they are. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm, and more and more people are, 
are being authentic and they're sharing their stories. I mean, I feel like that, that it more and more people need to do that. But, you know, if I look back over the span of, you know, even five years, like it just seems like people, more and more people are, are stepping out and saying, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. You know, this is what, this is what happened. This is what I'm dealing with. And I just feel like that, that God is reigning. Yeah. You know, he is, he's reigning. I agree. I agree. This has been just a, a wonderful, beautiful conversation with you today. And um, we're going to wrap up in prayer in just a moment, but I want to make sure I know that there's going to be people who want to get in touch with you. So any social media handles? I know you have a blog, so be sure to tell us um, your blog URL so that we can um, follow you there. But how can, how can we get in touch with you? So my blog is shannongarin.com, and then my Instagram is shannongarin, and my Twitter is shannongarin. And my last name is G-E-U-R-I-N, not U before E, but E before U. <laughs> um, and then on Facebook, if you put in Shannon Garen, Fiercely His, you can find me on Facebook too. And I would love to connect with, with your listeners, definitely. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. And I'll be sure to put some links in the show notes to make it easier for people to find you. So thank you for that. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I've loved our conversation. Thank you. I've loved it as well. um, Just can't thank you enough. Um, Truly an honor to have you on the show. Thank you. I love, I love being here. Awesome. Well, let's pray. Um, And I just invite you, Shannon, to join me um, in the prayer as well. And we'll just sort of virtually touch and agree. How about that? That's great. Awesome. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you reign, Lord, that you are the Alpha and the Omega. Lord, you are the finisher. You are the author of our faith. And despite any mistakes we might make, Lord, you still reign. And nothing we do has ever taken you by surprise. So we thank you for the price that you paid on the cross, for everything that we will ever say or do, Lord, that is not pleasing to you. We thank you for the gift of grace. We thank you for the gift of forgiveness, Lord. And I just ask you to help us to truly believe it. Help us to receive your gift, Lord, that we have without even earning it. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just pray for more courage to rise up, to stand up and declare your goodness to others, Lord. And not only declare your goodness, Lord, but help us to be more sensitive to your Holy Spirit so that we can see those who are hurting. Lord, the, the co-worker who sits next to us every day, the, the manager, the, the grocery store clerk, the teacher, the janitor. Lord, help us to truly see people, Father, and give us the words that we can say to encourage, to touch, to support Lord, there are many of us who are hurting, and I know that you want your children to be a vessel of hope and a vessel of healing and restoration. We've seen you work, Lord. We've seen you work in Shannon's marriage. We've seen you work in other people's lives, Father. We ask you, Lord, to equip us to continue to work and let us be your vessels. We thank you for that. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 
Awesome. Well, everyone, until next time, please join the conversation over in the Cubicles in Christ community on Facebook. Until next time, thanks. Thanks for listening to the Cubicles in Christ podcast. The inspiration and wisdom doesn't stop here. Join the Cubicles in Christ community on Facebook and let's keep the conversation going. For more ways to feed your soul and walk in purpose, connect with Kelly at IamKellyJohnson.com and follow her on Facebook and Instagram.